Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. And today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite cookbooks. My Family Table is the title of that cookbook uh, by Chef John Besh. I'll also share with you a conversation I had with uh, Chef Besh uh, back in 2013 when we interviewed him on the Around the Table Food Show in New Orleans. You know, uh, Chef John Besh is a, a local boy. He grew up uh, not too far from me here in New Orleans. Uh, he's a chef, of course, uh, a very successful restaurateur and a philanthropist, and he's also uh, a Catholic. And I can't wait to share a bit about him with you today on the show and uh, talk about his second cookbook uh, titled My Family Table, a passionate plea for home cooking. Uh, thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show. You know, uh, you can always be part of the show. You can call me, leave me voice a uh, voice message at 985-635-4974. Uh, I can play that message here on the show, and uh, and I would love to hear from you. So the number again is 985 635 4974. Uh, that's a, a simple way you can call me 24 hours a day. Leave a, a voice message and I can play that right here on the show. You can also call in live by dialing 855-949-1380. That is 855-949-1380. You know, we say that Real Life Radio is you-supported, and that might just pique your curiosity. If it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Uh, before we get started talking about uh, Chef John Bash today and his cookbook, My Family Table, I want to give a shout out to Sarah in Memphis. Uh, she just wrote to me on the Catholic Foodie Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. Uh, she wrote uh, something there just about 30 minutes ago, and uh, this is what she said. She said, I spent part of the weekend making recipes from your cookbook. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tabbouleh and eggplant salad uh, were the best. I have made tabbouleh for years and have not achieved this stage of yumminess. I used Israeli olive oil that I buy locally from a Memphis restaurant uh, called Casablanca. The family of the owner grows olives in the Holy Land, processes it, and then the oil is sold to the restaurant. That oil and your recipes made all the difference. Thank you. Well, I want to say thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much uh, for sharing that with me. You know, it's feedback like that that makes all the hard work worth it. And uh, putting a book together, doing all the recipes, doing the recipe testing, the photography, all of that uh, was a lot of work, a lot of work. And uh, in receiving feedback, getting feedback like that is just uh, priceless, priceless. And I, I'm very blessed, very fortunate to have gotten a lot of really good feedback from people. So uh, thank you again. Sarah, for that, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you are uh, enjoying the cookbook and uh, and all the all the yummy recipes. <laughs> and you, dear friend, uh, if you want to get a copy of my book Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine, you can order it online from Amazon.com or directly from the publisher at Ligori.org or from our friends over at Aquinas and More at AquinasAndMore.com. We just had Ian Rutherford on the show. Uh, 
this past week, and uh, he, he's he's got a, a great Catholic uh, online store right there, AquinasAndMore.com. Uh, it's probably also available at your local Catholic bookstore or a Barnes & Noble. Uh, if you do have the book, by the way, if you do have it and you like it, please do drop me a line like Sarah just did. You can do it on the Facebook page. You can do it via Twitter. At uh, Catholic Foodie is my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the book. You can also email me at Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com or better yet, leave me voice feedback <laughs> by calling 985 635 4974. Louisiana is so much and it's so rich. I couldn't see living anywhere else. Deep in the Honey Island Swamp, there's something magical that I just love. There's no place I'd rather be outside of the kitchen. What sets our cooking apart is the soul. This is the birthplace of jazz, as it is the birthplace of this incredible Creole cuisine. From your po'boys to your jambalaya to your gumbos. The African influence, some of the French and a little bit of the Spanish. By the way that the wind's blowing, I can tell what fish we'll have on the menu on a certain day. Like the jazz artist does his music, I do with food. You have breakfast, you talk about lunch. At lunch, you talk about dinner. All the people that have passed this beautiful style of cooking on to me, it's up to me to pass it on to somebody else. I'm Chef John Besh, and this is my Louisiana. And I'm Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, of interviewing Chef John uh, two or three times, I believe, on uh, the New Orleans radio show that I've been doing. We're kind of on hiatus right now. Uh, the show's not being produced at the moment, um, just with a new studio set up and, uh, and, and, and conflicting schedules. Uh, but the Around the Table Food Show is, is a show I've been producing for the last uh, two years or so uh, in New Orleans. It also airs in Baton Rouge. And for a, for a while, it was being aired in... Uh, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, on an FM station there. Um, and it, it was all about food and faith. Uh, wonderful, wonderful radio show where we were in the in the kitchen sometimes, uh, in the restaurants, uh, interviewing chefs on location. That was a lot of fun. And, and we never had the opportunity to, uh, or at least up to this point in time, haven't had the opportunity to, to interview Chef John on location, but he has been very gracious in calling in and, and talking with us uh, when, we had, when we had important things that we wanted to talk with him about. And one of those was back in 2013. I will be sharing some clips from that uh, conversation with Chef John uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, but back in 2013, it was shortly after uh, his book was published, his second cookbook called My Family Table. And one of the things that really uh, jumped out at me, really grabbed me uh, when this book first came out was the subtitle. I mean, first of all, I mean, My Family Table is um, something that really does speak to me, speaks to my heart. Uh, the, the, the link between food and faith, the link between food and family being very strong in my life. Uh, but but the, the subtitle, A Passionate Plea for Home Cooking, uh, really grabbed my attention. And uh, he, he puts in the introduction, and it's, it's kind of a short little introduction. I'm going to share it with you right now uh, so you get a better idea of where he's coming from with this. Uh, it, I love this. So just, just uh, take a listen to this. 
Uh, this may seem a strange case for a chef to make, especially one who owns seven restaurants and lives to cook in one of them every day. A guy who's clocked many hours cooking on television, running charity fundraisers, etc. And I do not mean to suggest, of course, that we should stop supporting our wonderful local chefs. Far from it. But today, a terrifying wasteland of food options lurks between our kitchen stores and our favorite restaurants. The packaged foods we use are loaded with salt and sugar and a whole lot of other things that are anything but good for us. Our meat is shot up with hormones and antibiotics. Our produce is sprayed with God knows what. And fast food options are the devil's work. This is not healthy. This is not real. I did not grow up in this kind of world, and I don't want my children to grow up this way either. Whether we work in a kitchen or an office, we all yearn for a different kind of family food experience, yet I'm only too well aware of the struggles and trade-offs. I worry that the more cooking becomes entertainment and a spectator sport instead of a family activity, and the more we fetishize celebrity chefs, the awful result is that we discourage folks from even setting foot in their kitchens. More and more, I'm concerned that by glamorizing chefdom, we turn off the very thing we seek to promote, getting people excited about cooking dinner. Living through my own television production dramas and being away from my family, I began to realize that what I must do going forward is to put aside such things as food competitions and focus instead on spreading the message of cooking and eating with family and friends. That's why I'm writing this book. Not long after Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans, uh, we noticed that our city had an astronomically high rate of children suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. I worked with a local hospital here on a project that brought those very children together to cook. It was a simple idea to use a communal pot as the catalyst of healing. As I helped these kids chop and brown and stir, I watched barriers fall and the healing begin. Just about all those kids who attended our sessions found true reconciliation by cooking and eating together. It occurred to me that if I can help make a difference by cooking simply and sharing what I love to cook, I can possibly help us all use our passions and skills to make our lives better at almost every meal. Our food world today is a cacophony of mass-produced this and instant that, of genetically modified vegetables and prepared, processed, and point-and-click meals. Imagine a simple carrot's tortuous journey from the ground to our plate, and you'll understand why I'm writing this book. I urge you to set aside manufactured convenience and to cook real food instead. You'll be amazed at what this elemental act does, not only for the people you feed, but for you as well. My New Orleans, my first book, is a worthy tribute to my hometown. In that book, I did my best to ensure that tradition and culture is passed on to future generations. But I know every family needs another, more expedient way to cook. Hence, my family table. And uh, that that's from the introduction uh, that Chef John Besh wrote. And maybe that tells you a little bit about why I love this book so much. Uh, and, he, and he delivers. He delivers, right? Uh, one of the things I love about this book is if you if you look through in the very beginning, uh, the the, the uh, first several recipes, it's not these aren't complicated things. These are very simple things. Here, here here are a few titles of the recipes: risotto of almost anything, creamy any vegetable soup, simple meat ragu for any pasta, the perfect frittata, curried anything. All these are simple maps in the kitchen 
recipes that can be adapted to any kind of ingredients that you have. As long as you have simple stores in stock, you can make almost any of this. Fantastic book. We are going to get in in the next two sections or segments, I should say, of this show. I'm going to replay the interview with Chef John Besh about this book. Uh, and we are approaching a break right now. So stick, stay tuned. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a, a couple of minutes with uh, an interview with Chef John Besh. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We are jumping right in, folks. We're going to jump right into this interview with Chef John Besh. Let's take a listen. Sustenance is just a small part of what the table brings us. It's really, um, I, I love, I love the fact that every great event in our lives throughout human history has been celebrated at a table. Yeah. You know, and um, that table could be the altar. The table could be um, the, you know, the, a, a card table that you sit around and you have breakfast at. You know, whatever it happens to be, that, that so much, um, there's so much goodness that emanates from that table. Right. And it's a shame that we as Americans have kind of gotten away from it. And we as New Orleanians are, are starting to allow that erode from our own mm-hmm. families. And mm-hmm. so I thought... Um, I saw this happen in my life, and um, you know, just you know, we get caught up in the day to day, and we we forget just how important it is to make sure that we make time for that table. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my favorite cookbooks in the world happens to be uh, one of your cookbooks. Uh, it's called Amen. My, my Family Table, <laughs> and I love the the subtitle there: A Passionate Plea for Home Cooking. Yes, and you know, we we love to cook down here in South Louisiana. I think you know most of us do. We we grow up with that, you know. Yeah. But like you said, we are in a way experiencing even down in in our area kind of the uh, the effects of this society that we live in, right? Everything's just so fast-paced and all. Could you tell us, uh, Chef Best, just in a, a you know, few words, what do you mean by a passionate plea for home cooking? Well, I think that um, it, it, right now the plea has to be passionate. We can't whisper this. You know, we're experiencing not only a cultural erosion, mm-hmm. but we're experiencing, you know, it, which it would be a travesty in and of itself down here in South Louisiana. But we're also experiencing um, a spiritual erosion that we see in, you know, throughout our entire society. Getting back to the table allows us to get back and address these things. It allows us to have conversation, turn off the cell phones and the TV, even if it means just a couple half hours a week. You know, just right. finding that time to do just what, what you know, what had been just so natural uh, throughout um, mm-hmm. history, people coming together to break bread. Right. And uh, regardless of, of, of creed, um, it's so important for us to get back to some of these fundamentals that it, it can't be a whisper. It's got to be a loud plea. Wow. Wow. You know, we were just uh, we, we were talking uh, off mic a little bit earlier that uh, uh, Monsignor Nalti's good friend, uh, Father Leo Padalinghug, was saying that about uh, that's what he goes around the country <laughs> pushing. You know, Father Leo. And and in he's uh, he also what he did say about cooking in South Louisiana. He said, you people get it here. He mm. said, it's really worse around the country. We hate to see that erode here. But he said uh, cooking in South Louisiana is a contact sport. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is more than just giving each other food, too. It's, you know, we, we, the thing that we have that's most valuable in, our, valuable in our lives is our time. 
And uh, when we give each other time with each other, we're, we're sharing something that's that's we only can go through once. And uh, and to lose that in our families, to have kids, you know, who, who grab a hamburger and go up to their room and, and, and get on the Xbox or yeah. get on the get on the TV. They're, they're missing out some of life's lessons because life's lessons get passed down from our parents who went through this, you know, when they were little. And they have so much wisdom to give us. And Chef right. Bash was 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 um, nice enough to invite me and Father Leo over to his house. And one of the best um you know, privileges about it was his parents were there. And so we uh, shared yeah. time around a meal with, with, with Chef Besh's parents and with Father Leo. And it, and just that, just that time around the table, it's, you're giving the gift of yourself to others and you're receiving gifts from others of their presence. And, uh, and, and, and when you can do it around really good food, then yeah. that's yeah. an added bonus. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can, I can brag. This is, this is a, uh, an interesting story. I won one of your cookbooks. I won the My New Orleans cookbook in a gumbo cookoff. Oh, yes, there you I go. did. That's pretty fitting. And and I have my favorite recipe in the whole cookbook is the easiest recipe in the whole cookbook because I am a fool for crab fat. And it is it is three ingredients. It's corn on the cob, it's crab fat, and it's butter. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like, I, so I, I keep going back. It's called looking. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is a good recipe. But, you, you know, and again, these, these, these recipes and all these cookbooks, you know, they're, they're not extremely difficult. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and I think that's the key is um, we don't want to scare people away from the kitchen. And a lot of times, you know, it's funny. Just we've lost. Uh, we are losing a lot of that. um yeah, you know, those great recipes that have been handed down from generation to generation. Never been the chefs through our society and you know through through our culture in New Orleans mm-hmm. and the surrounding areas. It had never been the chefs that passed these traditions on. Mm-hmm. It had always been the mamas and the sisters and the aunts mm-hmm. and you know it, the men would gather around doing all the outdoor cooking. You know the jambalayas and maybe uh, the cochon delays and, yep. and things of that nature. But by and large, it had been families sharing recipes through marriages and to other families and that 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 allowed all these great you know all the greatness of our culture to evolve is that's starting to you know that's starting to end where people aren't cooking as much as their mothers and their grandmothers right. had been and the families have you know the family itself has has been altered enough that it is making a difference where um you know, and I think the best example of that is just look at the number of um, you know chain restaurants that have kind of moved their way into uh, ordinarily you know sleepy um, South Louisiana towns. And, yeah, uh, they they're kind of taking a you know they they have a foothold there, and they're that tells me that people are eating less at home, and there's less of that sharing mm-hmm. of the culture and recipes than ever before. Yeah, you're you're right. It it has changed a great deal. When my wife and I go out to eat. We are seeing uh, we are seeing families out, but but the, the sad part is is at the restaurants they're sitting around watching the TVs, right? Mm-hmm. It, yep. It's no longer an event uh, to go out to eat either, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be special when we were kids, you know, mm-hmm. when you went out to eat. Now it just seems to be a, a regular thing to do. And you're right; it's it's these chain restaurants that the parking lots are overflowing. We're funny because in in uptown you don't have any. You know, you have very few. You, yeah, you, you know, right. you, you you go down Magazine Street and you have all these little tiny restaurants serving just right. amazing food. And the, the only chain I can think of on uh, on on Magazine there's a Popeyes and then there's a there are a couple of PJ's Coffee House and I guess you could consider that a chain. But yeah, otherwise, you have local, all these right? these yeah, little shops. Paris really is has been the last holdout. Yeah. Um, from that, yeah, mm-hmm. the the. 
Um, and that's what I'm, I take so much pride in the fact that New Orleans has been that place that has stood for its culture. Right. And um, part of that culture is also faith-driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's anyway, right. it's really it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to be a part of. And it's also a beautiful message to get out there and herald. Um, you know, come together and break bread. Yep. It's it's so simple. And you know, it's, you you mentioned something earlier. As, as progressive as we become with you know technology, and we can um, you know we become so efficient with uh, multitasking that we're losing. Um, you know, there's we're still losing that very thing. We we're, we've lost touch with that very thing that. Um, uh, makes us special. You know, that, that's the family. Right. And that's all those great traditions that are shared at that table. Right. And it's happening in Italy, too. You know, Italy, you know, about 10 years ago, they started a thing called the slow food movement, which mm-hmm. is to, because all of a sudden you start to see McDonald's and KFCs popping up over there, and uh, and they were afraid of that, you know, and, and, and they really wanted to get people back because they were starting to lose, you know, I, I paint an idyllic picture of, of Rome because that's what I did with my friends, but out in the suburbs and the countryside, you still have a lot of people going through these to these fast food, and Italy had never had that, and I think I think Chef Besh is exactly right, is that it, they see the erosion of the family happening mm. in that because the values that the parents passed down so many of them were passed down around the table yes as, as, you know right. what was your day like son what did you do today and i didn't write you know and you get a little correction but it was a it was a time where wisdom was passed down and and if the wisdom of that a young person gets is from mtv and from the you know advertising they're they're not getting the wisdom from their family no, and they're not no. getting the best wisdom because the world's wisdom is not where you get is what you get in a family a very faith-filled family mm-hmm yeah, uh, you know that's one of the things too. I think that that uh, time is an issue. I mean, in a sense, the fast food, it, the, the the establishments are just filling a void, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so stretched, we have so little time with our families, and it's hard. Some people I know, I know a lot of folks just grow up now. They don't know how to cook, right. and and recipes can be scary. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't know what to do in the kitchen, right? And that's you know, chef. That's one of the things I love about uh, my family table is that, I mean, the first chapter you've got risotto of almost anything. <laughs> right, curried, curried anything. Really, uh, okay. Creamy, any vegetable soup, simple meat ragu for any pasta. It's oh wow. It, it, it's almost like standard recipes that you, you can go. just take and and ad lib with and 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 create all kind of good stuff. Right, and, and the key there is that <clears throat> is just really trying to remove the mystique from cooking. And you know, for so long, fine cooking had very you know, Cuisine had been cloaked in this, uh, you know, in this thick layer of mystique, and you had to be in the in crowd to understand what this and that was. There was a lot of snobbery that was associated with it. And I think here's my point: if you can think in advance and make sure that your pantry has, if you've got a little rice, I'll show you what to do with it. Yeah. Keep a keep a couple pounds of pasta on hand. It costs nothing. It's easy. For that matter, if you can't make your homemade tomato sauce, which a lot of people don't have time for, good go. Out and buy some. Pick out a, your favorite brand. Have a couple of them in your pantry. Now, whatever vegetable or seafood or meat or whatever happens to be in season, you go down to your little market and you purchase whatever happens to be seasonal. Or, like most people, you go grocery shopping and you're picking out, uh, you know, chicken or shrimp or you know, or beef or fish or whatever it happens to be. Um, you, you bring it home and you have some go-to recipes that are quick and easy I like that. that are you know, 
are just phenomenal. Yeah. And if that can be your kind of entrance into cooking, your foray into um, food preparation, then great. You've got a, you've got a good basic um, foundation there that you can grow from. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we, we were talking earlier about just time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's a family that does have time. Whether the both spouses are cooking or whether you know, or whether there's just one parent um nobody has time because we're just stretched to the limit so mm-hmm. my thing that i noticed <clears throat> was that i had time in the morning because i'm a night owl and i work in the restaurants at night and so it's easier for me to find that family table uh find time at the family table at uh 6 6:30 in the morning cooking breakfast and sitting down with the boys yeah, and having that, that, that conversation and then maybe having a little something prepped up that Jennifer can, you know, can have a home cooked meal, even if it's on the run, even if it's okay. as simple as a chicken lettuce wrap or whatever it happens to be before a ball game, which this evening we have three ball games. So yeah. I wanted to come home early from work today to, to be here when the boys got home. Um, finding time wherever you can to take the time to give of ourselves at that table is crucial. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. this interview with Chef John Besh. And again, I want to uh, remind you, this is from the Around the Table Food Show. I have two co-hosts, Monsignor Christopher Nolte and David Dawson. This interview was uh, back in 2013, but I think it's very pertinent for us today. So let's get back to it. And we are honored to be having Chef John Besh on the phone with us. So we were talking, uh, well, we're talking about uh, preparing foods for the family. We're talking about getting families around the table. And uh, you know what, Chef Besh, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, a little bit here. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can you share off the top of your head a recipe? Yeah. How, okay. how easy or how difficult do you want it? Well, you know what? Uh, it's the time of day where folks are in their cars. They can't pull over with their pencils and pens. So maybe it's something that they can just, you know, kind of stick in their heads. And uh, Jeff will probably post it on his uh on his blog later. I'm looking and, at Jeff and, and he's giving and, uh, me a dirty look. And Chef Besh, don't pick uh, spaghetti with uh, oil and garlic because I just gave it he that. He just did that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, um, I, I get these boxes of produce coming in from um, various farmers markets. And you know, we support these different various CSAs out there. Right. And so uh, Holly Grove just sent a bunch of vegetables. And so I've got some spring onions and uh, a few of the very first of the season tomatoes and um, some cucumber. Mm-hmm. And so I thought what I would do is make an, what we call our Israeli salad. It's If um, you're familiar with Middle Eastern cuisine, yeah. a lot of places call it fatouche. Okay. And it's one of my favorite things to eat in any number of ways. But what we do is we'll peel the cucumber and dice it. All right. And then we'll um, chop up a uh, bell pepper, mm-hmm. as small as you can, mm-hmm. a spring onion. If you don't have one of those, you know, they're really, really sweet. Just use, you know, half of a red onion, okay. dice that up, and toss it all together with just a little bit of parsley, a clove of garlic, some olive oil, and just a few um, dashes of vinegar. All right. 
and salt and pepper, and you've got one of the most versatile salads around. That's it. That's not a lot of ingredients. What is a spring onion? Um, yeah, the, the spring onions have the, the, the greens still attached to them, and there's a little bulb. And I oh, okay. find that they're really, really sweet. And as the season goes on, they become a lot more intense in flavor. And so mm. I, love, I love to capture them where those greens are still soft, and you can chop those greens up like a green onion. Okay, so we're talking, a, we're talking a regular onion just early in the season? Yeah, very oh. early, yeah. All right, okay. It sounds you know, a we lot- chefs like to take small vegetables and charge you double for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make the portions smaller. That's right. But that's good. Now, yeah, see, we, that's, we that's, kind of need that. Yeah. Well, that's something that I've seen happen in New Orleans recently is smaller portions. And, you know, it used to be you didn't think you were uh, you were eating anything unless you went and got 2,500 calories in a cream sauce. And nowadays you have these restaurants, they're, they're finally giving you a normal, manageable portion, and you don't walk out of the restaurant thinking, I don't want to go back there because I ate too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But our normal, regular, you know, our, our smaller portions that we're serving now, uh, you know, I, I hear from the New Yorkers and the people visiting from Chicago and the West Coast all the time that they're like, wow, New Orleans is still a place I can come to and actually, <laughs> you know, get the, uh, actually receive food on my plate. And so right. it's really kind of funny to, <laughs> I personally like a, the smaller portions. Oh, yeah. As I was saying off the air, just before this whole program started, I'm, I'm noticing now, you know, well into my 40s that I'm starting to <laughs> hold on to weight that I never held on to before. So my wife and I are trying to eat a little healthier than in my first book, yeah. in, uh, <laughs> My New Orleans, which is really yes. all about you know, these you know, these big, rich, traditional dishes yeah. that we all grew up with. Like crab fat and corn on the cob. Yeah, That's like, right. Okay. That's one of my favorites, which I had to stop eating, as a matter of fact. So. <laughs> Every now and then, right? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I, yeah listen, that, I, I am a fool for boiled crabs, and you just... Uh, you just uh, Put that on steroids for me. I, but, I you know, the funny thing is, is that um, I would venture to say that if you took the time to cook something mm-hmm. um, and eat it at that family table, at the table with friends and family gathered around, um, chances are it's really not going to be as bad for you as you might think mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. Yeah. the amount of, you know, highly processed foods that we're taking in today that, you know, past generations just didn't have access to. That's true. You don't have all those chemicals in there or anything like that. Right. Like, and, for instance, you have the salt and the sugar that's just loaded in these things. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, so I think that I love those down-home, you know, country dishes, you know, the, the etouffees and the gumbos and yes. the jambalayas. Mm. I mean, there's something just so beautiful and so warming about them. I can't just throw them into one category as being, you know, bad for you, per se. Right, right. Well, you, ahead, know, you know, you uh, know, your first your first cookbook, uh, My New Orleans, it had all these classic dishes, right? These these things mm-hmm. that we're known for down here in South Louisiana, and then f- with the next book, you had uh, you know My Family Table, mm-hmm. and and it's like you took a different tack there, you know, and you're making it yeah, more a little at home. less regional specific for the people that don't have access to all the great ingredients that we mm-hmm. that you and I take for granted, the uh, Andouille sausage. Right. If you're in Des Moines, Iowa, you're not gonna get that. I don't know how good that Andouille sausage is going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So I want to give you recipes that you can actually use. And what I love about the way we cook is that it only exists here. Mm-hmm. And, we, it, and it can only exist here because 
uh, nowhere do you have these same ingredients all coming together. And you can go, you know, just a little ways away to the Florida Gulf Coast or, for that matter, Mississippi and Alabama. It's hard to find food that we have here in South Louisiana, mm. and they have access to all of that. Right, right. And so to create another book which people couldn't replicate unless you were from here just seems senseless to me. And what I, and if my mission was to get families just to come together mm. that ordinarily didn't cook together, right. then I wanted to give them great starter recipes or even simple things like, look, who doesn't like fried chicken? Right, right. Now, we can't eat it all the time. <laughs> but if you're going to eat it, Cook it yourself, and I'll show you how to do it. All right. Um, or simple things like that. Um, barbecue, highly disputed. What is barbecue? You know, really kind of giving people a breakdown of, hey, this is how I do it. And, you know, don't get caught up in, is it, um, you know, traditional to uh, the Carolinas or is this, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. kind of barbecue or Memphis that kind of barbecue? Or Texas. Have fun. Yeah. And it's really all about enjoying food with people. Right. And right. especially family. Yes, indeed. And, yes, indeed. And you have a, a new book that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, and it's called uh, Cooking from the Heart. Okay. And Cooking from the Heart uh, stems from all the delicious recipes and anecdotes and life lessons that I learned as a young apprentice when Jennifer and I lived in Germany and France. And... Um, how that shaped the way I think about food. And it really taught me so much about respect for the ingredient to, you know, I, I joke that, you know, I had to go to Germany to really, res- you know, southern Germany, high in the Black Forest Mountains, not far from Basel, Switzerland. We would, um, I worked for this Michelin starred restaurant. It was this incredible chef that really shaped the way I think about food. And I really learned how to respect food there. Mm. But it wasn't until I went to Provence that I fell in love with food. <laughs> yeah, that, that French country style and the um, just the gregarious nature of their food yeah. is um, so heartfelt, and it, it, just so much of that is how I cook today. And um, the same would be said for the Italian style. And right. Jennifer and I used to live not not far outside of Basel, Switzerland, and. On Sundays, every now and then, on I think it's like Sundays on payday weekends. You get paid once a month over there. So payday weekends, we would travel to northern Italy, to Lombardia, to um, Bergamo, up in the mountains, um, north of um, Milano. And we would, we would always say on Sundays, we're Italian. So that's why we named the restaurant, our Italian restaurant in New Orleans, Dominica. Okay. Um, after our, our Sunday's feast. Because on Sundays, we could actually afford to have one of these big Italian family feasts. Whereas in Switzerland and Germany, we were still poor. <laughs> this was before the Euro. So we got to, you know, you would exchange your, your Deutschmarks uh, or your Swiss francs for, um, uh, yeah, for the lira, and it was like, wow, I'm rich. I can, I can <laughs> I got eighty thousand lira. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Well, tell us. So about the you. book is really all about those great memories, and it's really uh, written in homage to my uh, great uh, mentors that shaped shaped my life forever. Now that book is it's not out yet, or is it? No, it'll be out uh, November first. Okay, all right, right in time for Christmas then. 
Yeah. Okay. A very important date in, yeah. on a, in a Catholic calendar. All Saints' way. Day. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is invoking the intercession of all the saints in the sales of that book. There you go. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Senior, that's right. We I, need all the help we can get. And I hope you have that in your forward, that it's uh, All Saints' Day. <laughs> because there. that, I'm going to adjust it. Right. You can even put a little fleur de lis down there just to, yeah, to bring it home. Right. You know? All the better. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, tell us about your restaurants. I'm from Baton Rouge. I want to know how to get to them and, uh, you know, oh, all the hey, things that you have. All you have to do is travel down I-10 and mm-hmm. and uh, find any of the downtown um, off-ramps and you'll right. you'll get there. We're, okay. um, <laughs> we've got a slew of them. Yeah. In downtown New Orleans, we have, we're, my flagship is August, which is 301 Chapitulis, all right. right across from the Windsor Court Hotel. Mm-hmm. And then in Harris Casino, we have Besh Steak, which is about a block and a half away. I've heard about that one. And then on uh, St. Charles, we have our uh, big, fun um, French-Germanic uh, brasserie called Luke. And Luke is on uh, 333 St. Charles next to One Shell Square. Oh, okay. okay. And then in the um, Roosevelt Hotel, formerly the Fairmont, um, we have the uh, our Dominica, our Italian Osteria over there that serves, you know, the very traditional, um, you could say, an authentic Neapolitan-style pizza. All right. And um, then in the National World War II Museum, we have the American Sector okay. restaurant, along with the stage door canteen and a little artisan soda shop just down the street. Oh, gosh. That's mm. okay. And then the ground floor of the Hyatt, we have... Born, which is the newest of all of our restaurants, and that's um, that's a seafood restaurant uh, named after Lake Bourne that uh, oh, all right. both yeah. the Monsignor and I both grew up fishing on. Right. Yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was offshore yesterday. Oh. I got zeroed for the second time in my entire life offshore. <laughs> Well, see, you should have invited me. I know. That's my birthday know. yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. You think I'm, I would have taken you away from your wife on your birthday? You're crazy. <laughs> she, would have, she would have paid you for that. <laughs> wow. Uh, other than that, uh, you don't have much to do with all those restaurants, it sounds like. Holy. Huh? We've been blessed. Yes, you have. That is fantastic. Well, it has been an honor for you to join us. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, again, it's, it's wonderful to talk to somebody who, uh, understands uh, and and promotes also uh, the need to get around table right. and uh, right. and to share our food, right? Our food and so. faith. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. Take care. Share right. God bless. And again, you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. show, we have had two uh, separate segments, two uh, clips from an interview that uh, I was privileged to do with Chef John Bash, along with my co-host of the Around the Table Food Show, uh, Monsignor Christopher Nolte of, uh, of New Orleans, the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and Mr. David Dawson, who's the president of Catholic Community Radio in uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And uh, boy, that was just uh, such a joy, such a great conversation uh, with Chef John Bash. And I, I, I certainly hope that uh, you got a little, uh, a little glimmer there. 
there of his uh, wonderful personality, of the, the goodness of his heart, uh, the love that he has for our faith and, and the love that he has for family and the importance of family and, and families getting together around the table. I can certainly uh, share the sentiments in the uh, in the the introduction to the cookbook, My Family Table, that I share with you in the first segment of the show, I can certainly uh, share those sentiments uh, too, and uh, is what I try to do. Right, uh, what I try to do is to encourage folks to get back in the kitchen and to get back around the table, and I say back for a reason because I think for a long time now uh, we've it's been a challenge. I mean, life has gotten busier and busier and busier, and uh, the more that technology has uh, 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 progressed, uh, we see what? We see more uh, disintegration of individuals and disintegration of uh, families. So it's important. We have to be mindful. We have to uh, make it a point to get around the table, make it a point to get back into the kitchen. And uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here. I'm trying to uh, inspire and encourage families to get back in the kitchen and to get around the table. Now, at, at, uh, at the risk of of uh, beating a dead horse, as they say, uh, I do want to share with you a review that uh, Jesse uh, Kornbluth, Jesse Kornbluth from headbutler.com shared on amazon.com about uh, this particular cookbook, Chef John Besh's My Family Table. He says, uh, we gave away 50 cookbooks the other week. Now I see we could also have given away the joy of cooking. And the joy of cooking is like the Bible. I mean, restaurants, nice restaurants all over the world uh, have the joy of cooking in their kitchens. Um, he says, we could have given away the joy of cooking. What? 18 million copies of The Joy of Cooking have been sold since it was published in 1936. Um Irma Rombauer, a widow, was the first to publish it, to self-publish it in 1931, actually. Uh, there was no more, there is no more Catholic or uh, classic cookbook in America than The Joy of Cooking. Even restaurants use it. What could possibly replace it? Uh, Jesse goes on to say, for the America of the 2010s, my Family Table, a passionate plea for home cooking by John Besh could indeed replace the joy of cooking. Besh, for those who have not had dinner in New Orleans recently, is the movie star, handsome Louisiana homeboy who has, at a tender age, built a six-restaurant empire. He was a Marine who kept up with foodie journals as he led troops in the first Gulf War. Uh, he is still married to his first wife and he has four kids. After Katrina, Besh was everywhere, talking up his city. He produced a terrific cookbook by New Orleans. Uh, then he started to simplify and to listen to his wife, never a bad idea, who said, yeah, but what about our kids? <laughs> Uh, so at last, a family-friendly cookbook, short on cooking time, shorter on preservatives and junk food substitutes, a book for the way we live now. Some chapter titles, Sunday Supper, School Nights, Breakfast with My Boys, Barbecue Wisdom, and Fried Chicken and other classics. Here are 10 reasons to fall in love with this book. Number one, the first recipe is Risotto Almost Anything. The second recipe is number two. The second recipe is Creamy Any Vegetable Soup. The third recipe is number three. The third recipe is simple meat ragu for any pasta. Number four. The fourth recipe is the perfect frittata. Number five. The fifth recipe is curried anything. Getting the idea? <laughs> simple fare, simply presented as master recipes, 140 in all. 
Number six, good advice in a roast chicken recipe. Quote, pan drippings are pure gold. Anytime you strain the liquid from the vegetables from the roasting pan, you'll have equal proportions of fat and natural juice. Refrigerate that for a day. The fat will solidify, rise to the top, remove the chicken fat and save it separately for use uh, to use for making a roux or sauteing vegetables. The strained juices make a natural sauce for roast chicken uh, or add them to a soup for a greater hit of flavor. Number seven, he's not scared of butter. And a recipe for mashed potatoes that serves 10, uh, serves 10 people, he, he, he calls for an entire pound. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, number eight, for chicken fricassee, he rejects skinless and boneless birds. Not only is the flavor brought out by browning with the skin on, but the bone is the source of so much of the deep flavor of the fricassee. Number nine, in an American cookbook, a recipe for pho which is the Vietnamese soup, right? Pho. It's spelled pho, but it's pho. Uh, And then number 10, the final recipe is for lemon icebox pie. In the uh, acknowledgments, Besh writes, if asked what my last meal would be, I'd reply, any Sunday supper at home cooked with love for people I love. With this cookbook, what other answer is possible? That, again, review is by Jesse Kornbluth from headbutler.com. And uh, I found this over at, uh, at amazon.com for the listing for my family table. What a fantastic, uh, fantastic book. I highly recommend it. You can find uh, links in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com uh, to the book uh, on Amazon. And also, I'll include some of the, the recipes. Uh, Chef John Best has, uh, has uh, allowed me to share some recipes from his cookbooks, and I have uh, links over at catholicfoodie.com. I'll put them in the show notes for this particular show so that you can find them easily over at catholicfoodie.com. You know, the sec- the third uh, third segment of the show, uh, we came into the interview and uh, Mr. David Dawson had asked uh, Chef John for a recipe, kind of put him on the spot. And uh, Chef John was talking about uh, the, the CSAs and the fresh vegetables, right? The fresh, the box of fresh uh, produce he had received. And he was talking about an Israeli uh, salad. And that's what he was trying to put together. And I actually do have recipes over at catholicfoodie.com. If that, if that touched, if that piqued your appetite, if that, if that uh, teased your taste buds and you think that a, a salad like that would be good, please do go over to catholicfoodie.com. I've got a recipe over there, one that I also included in the cookbook uh, around the table with the Catholic Foodie called Israeli Chopped Salad. I will put a link in the show notes uh, for that recipe, Israeli Chopped Salad. It's a wonderful, wonderful salad. And also hot, hot summer days, right? Uh, it's, it's really a good idea when you prepare your salads to uh, refrigerate them first before you serve them. Nothing like a, a good chilled salad on a hot summer day or hot summer evening. Uh, I also have uh, recipes over at catholicfoodie.com for a caprese or a caprese salad with summer tomatoes. I love that. Fresh basil, uh, fresh mozzarella cheese, uh, a Lebanese fatouche salad, which also is in the Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Cookbook. Uh, love the fatouche salad. is excellent when you... Uh, when you chill it first. And it also is it's unique because it has bread in it, uh, toasted, lightly toasted, broken apart uh, pita bread inside that salad. So it's a little uh, meatier, if you will, than, than some of the uh, s- typical salads you may be used to. Um, let's see, there's something else I wanted to tell you about. I'm trying to find, I'm scrolling down right now on the Catholic Foodie uh, at catholicfoodie.com. A Greek salad with fresh spinach and Kalamata olives you're going to find there. And then also, this one 
this one, which I love. And this is what I was thinking about when I heard him talking about the, the, the produce he had received. A simple tomato, cucumber, and Vidalia onion salad. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes uh, for that recipe. I love it. It's great in the summertime. Fresh tomatoes, nothing like homegrown tomatoes. You chop that up, chop up some cucumber, and the proportions is up to you, however you want to do it. Chop up Vidalia onion, small bite-sized uh, pieces, and then you mix it with some olive oil, some lemon juice or red wine vinegar, a little salt and pepper to taste. Let it sit and marry. Let the flavor come together. Chill it in the fridge, and you can pull that out and serve it. I would eat it by the bowl. It is so good. And I want to thank you for being here with me today on the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, we are going to be back again tomorrow, so please do join me. And don't forget to leave me voice feedback. You can do so by calling 985-635-4974. I'll see you tomorrow.